You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kipolevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. It's been four years since this Yom Kippur Drosha was given. I think it's worth re-releasing. Uh, at the core of this recording, you're going to hear a credible story of fortitude, holiness, and I think type of thing that will generate inspiration for you. It was said live in front of our regulars at that time where we had a weekly shiro. Uh, it was, it has some of the drawbacks of a live recording with a lot of people mulling around. I'm calling it Inheriting the Enemy's Gates. Uh, and I might have Yom Kippur, anniversary of the Akedah? Well, let's find out. Um, before we get to um, before we get to that discussion about when the Akedah happened and the different shitas and Chazal. So, all right. I'd like you to take a look at this pasuk. This is the pasuk that um, the Akedah ends with. Uh, and the shear today is uh, um, is dedicated, as I said in the beginning of the previous shear, to the to the memory of my father-in-law, uh, Nasanota Ben Avramava, who died uh, 32 years ago. I think it was 1987. Um, so I think this is his 32nd yard site. Should have a lift on Aiden. The pasuk that I used for him is Ner Hashem. Uh, and again, you know, a nair has two parts. Of course, it has the, the flame, and it also has the wick and the oil. And the neshama of a person, Shlomo Melech said, is a perfect metaphor to that flame in, in its container. The body, the wick, uh, the body is like the wick and the oil, the energies, the life energies in the body. Um, and of course, the flame is, is really the, the power of God that permeates through the nair. A chofes, kol voten, as we know by Badikas Chometz, this is one of the psukim that is quoted, that's the power of that candle, the power to focus. Our neshama gives us a power uh, to actually reflect, to actually go deep into all the little chambers of the belly, so to speak, the underbelly. The nisham is really our key to doing tshuva. It's, the, it, it, it's, it's our intellect and other parts of our body, but it's that fire that is in the nair that allows us to actually do go through the tshuva process. So I think it's a uh, an appropriate pasuk uh, because it's through recognizing the chibur of neshama, of what the neshama and the goof can do, of what the neshama can do for the goof, that one could actually feel positive in terms of the tshuva. The, there is uh, a, a little bit of a mislabeling here. The iced tea is not really uh, diet iced tea. Uh, it's it's the Lipton peach tea that I poured into that container. So, those of you that want to have diet tea, uh, I, I, if you drink, oh, it's not diet. It's not. 
It's not. So I have seltzer for you there. Actually, the Italian seltzer. I'm I'm telling you that. Okay. So my my schwer who was a I already put away. So my schwer was a uh, uh, a very very positive person despite. When I knew him, he was racked by, by Parkinson's and, and a lot of very difficult things in his life. He had a very difficult childhood in, um, in Winnipeg and had lived... My, 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 my dad, my father-in-law was from Winnipeg. Uh, he fought in, the, in World War II as from the Canadian Army. Um, he struggled through a lot of very difficult things to be able to survive, and and and, and um, he brought back my mother-in-law, a British war bride from England, and they moved to a different place. Uh, and he preserved a lot of what he had seen in his house, despite all uh, aspects of, of of religious life. And when his son um, decided to really become a bentora and a yeshiva bochar, which was something that you can imagine somebody who was raised in Winnipeg and and uh, to be able to accept that, that's a big schus for my for my father-in-law that he accepted that his children uh, should go into Derech HaTorah and he, he, joined them, he joined them very, very happily and in that sense I think his, his neshama was very strong despite the fact that, that he was racked at the end of his life with a lot of very difficult, painful things in his goof so he should he should, uh, he should be a mayor for us and for his family, and he should, since he, since he was nifter on the eighth day of of Tishrei. Um, today, as I said, this today's shear is called uh, inheriting the enemy's gates, and it has to do, of course, with the um, the Akeda, and you would say Akeda is Rosh Hashanah. Well, we'll see. Not necessarily. Um, doesn't say when the Akedah occurred. There is a tradition that way, but as we're going to see in a second, before I get to that machlokis and the tradition, I just want to ask a pasuk about the Akedah. Every single day we mention the Akedah during Slichos, and of course after the Akedah, Avram shows what he's about. Um, God says um, through the Malach, "Binishpati didn't um, deprive me. You were going to give your son the thing that means so much to you, this thing that was so unique to you, Yitzchak, that would have carried on your ideals. So you know what's going to happen? You're going to get this incredible bracha of children, of Zera, like the stars of the heaven, like the sand that is on the seashore. We'll talk about what that means specifically. Now, the next pasuk is, Now, what does that mean that your seed, the Avram seed, by dint of the Akedah, is going to inherit the gates of his enemies? So, there, as, as you take a look, first of all, the Ebenezer says, what does it mean? As you can see, Ebenezer here on the board, Shar Evov, the gates of his enemies. The gates, of course, are the external thing that leads you to the whole country. Medinas, right? Bale Sharim, which means it doesn't mean you're going to inherit the gates. You're actually going to, you're actually going to, they're going to go through those countries. 
But what does that mean? They're going to inherit those countries. So on this, Dabar Benel, but I'm going to quote Rabbi David Tzvi Hoffman, who happens to be on the page here, a very wonderful website, uh, alhatorah.org, where you can get a lot of the uh, standard Makros Gedolas, plus not so standard, like Rabbi David Tzvi Hoffman. And he says that the Yirash Zarachov, what does that mean? Banecha yichbeshu was That there's going to be Jewish soldiers, there's going to be a country of Klal Yisrael, and even though they go to war and there's people who are their enemies, they will conquer the cities of their enemies. So this bracha that's the byproduct of the Akedah is not only a lot of Jews, but strong, powerful Jews that eventually create this extremely strong aspect of what Klal Yisrael is, a strong Jewish country, maybe in the time of Shlomo, in the time of David and Shlomo, that idea was very much on display. But it doesn't seem to have that much relevance, at least today. We do Daven for an eventual restoration, but again, it, it sort of has a military aspect to it, which I'm not commenting that it's negative, but it definitely is, is not necessarily what we think about when we think about the Akeda. Um, now, you'll tell me, why are we even talking about the Akedas? Is it a Yom Kippur event or not? Um, here there is a machlokas. Um, I, I, the exact sources, uh, I've gone through it in other times, but it was really, it, it came uh, to me this year and every year uh, when I daven with the Sephardim. Um, uh, I don't know if those of you... Uh, who have the schus to sometimes daven a minyan, not nusach svard, but actually the svardic minag uh, from people from the from from Adat Mizrach. One of the key piyutim that they say is called Ace Share Rotson. It was a very early piyut. It was written by Rabbi Yehuda, uh, Rabbi Yehuda Shmuel Abbas, and he was actually extremely early. He predates Yehuda Ibn Abbas. Uh, Shmuel, Yehuda Shmuel Ibn Abbas, it was actually uh, predates the Rambam by probably about a hundred years or so. Where does that mean the So they insert this a number of places, but right before Tkiyar Shofar, and in some, in many communities, in Sephardic communities, they do it before Neila as well uh, on Yom Kippur, on Yom Kippur, and it's called Eisher Shari Rotzon. And of course, it ends with the refrain, Oked v'hanekad v'hamizbeach. Oked v'hanekad v'hamizbeach. Of course, they do it very beautifully, and there's a lot of silsulim where the chazanim really, uh, if you go through it, you'll see it talks about a, a beautiful discussion between Avram and and, 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 and Yitzchak, and Yitzchak begs Avram to take the ashes and bring them to Sarah and let Sarah have them, and talks about Avram's pain and his crying, and it's just an incredible, incredible, beautiful, beautiful pilot. Someone here in the, in the, in the company was telling me he married a, an Ashkenazi, and she was unused to Sephardi uh, davening, and she went with her husband, she says, this is she fell in love with the Sephardi davening based on listening and understanding this pie because it really is very beautiful. At the end of this pie, this Eishare Rotzon. So I just want to show you this term here. It says that I'll, this is what the Malachim say: Al No Yehi Olam Bili Don't let the world be without its. It says Kli, but it's a, it should be a base. Don't let the world be without its moon. That's like 
Yitzchak. Omaru Avram Adon Shamayim. The Malachim say, Tell Avram, you who are the who are the master of, of heavens, Al Tishochayod Yod El Shlish Urayim. Don't. That's Yitzchak. I don't know why it's called Shlish Urayim exactly. Shuvu Shalom Malachim Machanayim. Malachim who are here, who are, I guess who were around, they should also go back to their spot. Yom Zeschut Livne Yerushalayim. This is a day that is a Schus day, this Akeda day. Bo Chet Bnei Yaakov Ani Soleach. This is the day that I have chosen to give Mechila to the Bnei Yisrael, the Akeda day. The Akeda day is a day of Slicha. That's the day that's meant for Slicha, which, as you can take a look, is in, in the Machzer Bnei Roma. It's going to be a little bit hard to see unless I do this. Get it larger. Let me see if I can enlarge on that. So, the Akeda day is Rosh Hashanah? No, so there's a. this, The, the author of this Paiut says that it was on Yom Kippur, and you can see here that um, he mentions here why it's called Shulish Urayim. You can look in the Mepharshim there, and you can go to the, to, the, to the links that I sent you, and through that you can find. Uh, the Perushim, but this is the part I wanted to show you. Bochet b'nei Yaakov anisoleach yesh medrashim. This is a parish on the Pyat Shomer Shakeda nasas biyom akipurim ubechol shana v'shana biyom azem masros chuzei Yisrael. And there are medrashim. Again, I didn't go through the research this year to find you the antiquity of those medrashim, but there seems to definitely there's nothing in. Um, the psukim, and other than the Gemaras, there's nothing in the psukim that say that this occurred on Rosh Hashanah. There's a counter medrash, and it's I think in, in the in the I, I'm going to say I think it's in the Pirkei of the Rebbeleizer, but I'm not 100 percent sure that there are counter. Yes, the Gemara says it happened Rosh Hashanah, but there are counter traditions also as old and older than the Gemara that say that the event occurred on Yom Kippur. So the Akeda is a Yom What? But the, neither of them, again, I, I'd like to suggest, Yanki, that one of the, 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 what pushes Chazal, the hints that push Chazal, have to do with sort of an understanding of the Akeda. Like, like I say, whose Akeda is it? On one hand, you have Akeda Savron, right? Avram deciding that he is going to give up everything in order to do God's will, right? And, and and that is something that is definitely incredible. And then you have Yitzchak who's willing to give up his life. Um, there's two types of Mesira there. There's the Mesiras Nefesh of someone who's willing to give up uh, his life, which Avram sort of, according to the Chazal, did it by Kibshan Aish. And then you have another level where you have someone who's willing to give up not only his life, but his love, his child, He's willing to give up his purpose. He's, he's willing to, in fact, uh, change, uh, if not change in a positive way, but he's willing to do something which he knows is going to bring uh, calumny and hatred on him, especially, you know, uh, uh, challenges of hypocrisy. Here he was uh, fighting against uh, Avodazara and, and, and child sacrifice, and here he was, someone who actually goes and does that. So you have Avram's Akeda, you have Yitzchak's Akeda. Um, I would suggest that, that they are somewhat different. 
Um, you know, there's a difference between uh, Yitzchok and Avram in terms of what they were willing to do. Um, which one is more the Yom Kippur idea? Which one is... Uh, right? Can I argue this point? Yeah, go ahead. That there were two separate Do you think they're both the same? It was one mindset, right, clearly. Right. right? With, with two people involved. Right. And who can say the Lushan of Yafta, which Rashi tells us clearly that they were together, right? They, 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 right, but we, but, know, but, they, but in the Tefillah... They, they were unified in, in, in what... what right, but... The, done, what, but what, what, what Dick had done, and how they walked away from it. But one, again, one was hearing the word of God, which was Avram. Yitzchak was, was fealty to his father. That was different. Yitzchak is the adult who's willing to say, well, if my father represents the word of God, I will die for that. And then there's Avram, who has been told by God this shocking thing and, and goes ahead and does it. I, I think that, I think for most of us, uh, most of us would probably say, that, and again, we, we, we sometimes say, Akedas Yitzchak Lazarak, what do we say in the Tvil Akedas Yitzchak Lazarak Tiskar, right? On Rosh Hashanah. I think most of us would say that, um, and, and this is my point, that Mesiras Nefesh, as terrible as it is, has been replicated. I, I think to live, can you imagine? I, again, in, in my book, Pushing 60 uh, with Grandchildren, Avram's Nisoyon is a greater Nisoyon than Yitzchok's. To die on Kiddush Hashem and, and knowing that you're going to a greater place, but to actually live after that and still feel that you're doing the will of God, to me, is something greater. You got direct orders from above. That's true. You know, that's good for you, but I, I wasn't told that. <laughs> right, but, yeah, right. So Yitzchok shows incredible fealty even though we never heard anything, <laughs> to the will of God, Amunas Chacham and Amunas To put it in a Kabbalistic way, the, 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 the Zohar Chodesh, it says that the, um, that the Aseris Adibros, I'm sorry, that the Aseris Sviros are connected to Aseris Yimei So the first, right, so there's a question whether it goes, you know, in what order, right? But, but, the the first oh, and there's and there's another uh, Zohar that says that it's connected the ten nisyonos of Avram Avinu, the ten aseris made true, the connected aser nisyonos. So the first nisoyon. I'm sorry, I missed something. What's connected? In other words, the Zohar and the Zohar Chodesh. Yeah, the Zohar, the Zohar Chodesh, Medrashim that are quoted by the Chassam Sofer create this. Everything is connected ten, right? The ten days of tshuva are connected a. The uh, Aseris Adibros. The ten days of Tshuva are Keneged. The uh, um, uh, the Esther Sphiros, starting from Keser to Malchus. The ten days of Tshuva are Keneged. The ten Nisyonos of Avram. These are all. Well, there's thirty Sukkim total, but you're right. Ten each. But the, each day is Keneged one of those. So I'm going to zero in just on an easy one, the, the Asar Nisyonos. The first Nisyon is mentioned uh, in, in, in by Rashi in the Mishnah Novos is uh, Kivshana Eish. Kivshana Eish is Rosh Hashanah, which is Yitzchok Sakeda, which is I give up my life for God. Rosh Hashanah is a time to say, 
a Moser Nefesh, I live my life for God. God is the Melech. What? So, right, so Avram was willing to give up his life. But but that's not the Akedah of Avram. That's, that's Yitzchak's Akedah, is blow chauffeur, and it's like you're ready to give up your life to me. Right? That's what the Gemara Shoshana says. It's if you were Nekad, you're going to put yourself in order. You'll say, I give my life to God, what God wants. I'll die and live with Mesir Snefesh, as we talked about a couple of weeks ago. Die with Mesir Snefesh, just saying on Yaki. So that is, 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 is a complete soldier recognizing God runs the world. If God's will demands I die, I will die for God. That is Rosh Hashanah. As we go through the Truva process and we get to Yom Kippur, we're willing actually, like Avram, and Avram's Akedah was to actually do the sacrifice and still live and still be in this world. He would do this incredible thing and yet still have have a life and a relationship with God. Rosh Hashanah is almost like things collapse in God's great will. It's scary. And Yom Kippur, even though it, it, it demands this incredible reflection and sacrifice about who I am and what I'm going to be, it, it, it remains with someone alive, which is what Avram would be. Yom, Yom Kippur is actually a way to not collapse the world, but actually to live within the world as a Balchuva. Um, as opposed to, I am a, uh, a Roshan is not about being a Baal it's about recognizing that there's a God who's the Melech, who runs everything, right? And if, if running everything goes to the point that I have no life other than the life of God, that's an important element. To me, that's Yitzchak's Akeda. Whereas Avram's Akeda is a different one. Now, I think both of them put into the collective DNA of all of us the idea of being able to be Moser Nefesh. Many people have asked, well, what's so great about the Akedah? Uh, there are stories that are, that are uh, all over the place about people who have given up their lives. We've talked about them here in this class. And one of the answers that the Bali Musers say, and it might be even in the Kliyokar somewhere, I think, that had it not been for the Akedah, we wouldn't have that. The Akedah put into our DNA this idea of that we can give up our lives. I'd like to say, based on that Kliyokar, I think it's a Kliyokar, you can check me out later, I think it's a Kliyokar somewhere, but uh, remember, he wrote the Eulis Ephraim too, so he's got a lot of works that you can find this. But I think that, I'd like to say that's the idea of Zera Avram. Now, Zera is seed, it's semen, it's seed, something you plant, but it's also, in a sense, um, DNA. DNA. I got this idea from an Etziv, when he uh, suggests by Vashti, when Vashti says, if he's from, right, because if, if, if he is from uh, Zera HaYehudim, this is what she says about, right? And of course, um, Haman on the surface was primarily, uh, Mordechai on the surface was a, a Benjaminite, right? He was Ish Yemini, he was from Benjamin. But what Vashti says to him, he might have something else there. He might have Zerah Yehudim. There's something else. There's something else coursing within him. And if that's something that you're not going to be able uh, to overcome. Well, Ze- yeah. If that's the case, if Yitzchak was born, he was 40 years old, so how does it get into his DNA? Rashi's comment seems to indicate that it's through physical. So this is, I think, what part of what we believe in is that our actions 
major actions that we do can actually can actually have an effect on what type of people we are, and we can actually pass that on. Um, because what epigenetics? That's not. That's the whole thing about what you do and what your environment affects your DNA. And if, uh, when you make such a strong act like this, we all become Bali Messier as nefesh. But if that's so, so that's 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 the zera of that's the zera of of Avram. The zera of Avram and Yitzchok have allowed Messier as nefesh to occur. And and I would I would suggest that when we've spoken in this class when we gave the shurim on our shach, so one of the shurim we talked about was how you live in mesiras nefesh, even like remember of shach's chiddush, that Rabbi Akiva wasn't so much he was going to give up his life, but even at the end of his life he wanted to say kriyashma, right? He said I've been waiting to say kriyashma in such a way. It's living your life with mesiras nefesh that the akeda really is able to hand over to us. Um, that's what that, that we we. We channel the powers of the Akedah in all our acts of Mesiras Nefesh, whether it means the people who have died for God, whether it means the soldiers of Eretz Yisrael, and we talked about Rav Shach's discussion of them and Rav Kook's discussion of them, the ones who incredibly, for some reason, despite the fact they didn't have the belief, like others did, they go out and fight for Klal Yisrael and they're willing to give up their lives, all of that comes, that's a bracha from the Akedah. Now, I don't think you'll disagree with me on that. Well, if that's true, and again, I, I want to tell you that, let me, um, one of the keys of every darshan is to know how to use a story. And sometimes I think stories are um, just a way to get everybody listening, and they're sort of connected to the question but they don't really answer the question. But they sort of give you a good feeling and you, you walk away with a good story. And uh, the rabbi had a great story. And I, I, I'm going to say here that I think this story, which I've read many, many years ago, and some of you are familiar with it, um, I'm going to say that this story, I, I think, is the real shot in the question I raised earlier about the brach of the Akedah. Um, if you've heard the story before, I, I, I beg your forgiveness. But it's a story that was um, uh, shared to the world by the Blushevet Rebbe. The Blushevet Rebbe, those of you that were Zoha to, to know him, I, I, I tried to go see him in Borough Park. I think I did get a chance to see him. I didn't get a chance to speak with him. Um, he was not well, but I wanted to dive in his minion. Uh, we've talked about the great hero of the Holocaust before, the Kloisenberg Rebbe. The other great Rebbe, of course, besides the Piasetzner who died, Al-Kiddush Hashem, and other Rebbe, Snebuch, that were killed, the other Rebbe who survives the Holocaust, and actually, based on, I looked on the Wikipedia page yesterday, he was, he was 100 years old. He was uh, over 100 when he died, the Blucher Rebbe. Could have put him in the centenarians. <laughs> so, um, he, so he was born in 1889, which means when the events that occurred here, he would have been in his mid-50s. Um, the uh, Yanovka or the Yanovska uh, concentration camp um, is where this occurred and I'm going to show you exactly where it is it's right near Lemberg it's right near Lvov I have it right here in my inbox I'm going to show you what I have here <coughs> I'm ready today see when I get here early I can get my computer up and I and you give a lady share I, I, I do it okay I, 
sure it's going to... Okay, so here, let's see if this works. Everybody see all right here? Here is a terrible picture, but this is terrible in the sense that of what it's showing you, but it's not, it's important. Uh-oh. Everybody, can everybody see all right here, the concentration camps? Somebody can, here I need some... Yeah, 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 let me make it bigger. Okay. So here you can see wherever the skull and crossbones are, that is, of course, where you have an extermination camp. Here's Auschwitz. We all know Auschwitz-Birkenau right there. Not that far over, as you can see, is a, the star is the ghetto. This is where my uh, family died. And I, I, I mentioned when I tell the story, I say, you know, everybody pulls out the Holocaust out of their back pocket and they know they're going to get the hankies out. I, I, I try, again, look, I, I don't have any, um, you know, I, I had one aunt um, and I had no, I had one first cousin. I had two first cousins. One was actually uh, kidnapped by the Argentinians. So I had two first cousins and I only spoke to one of them once in my life. He's, he died a couple of years ago. Um, so I didn't grow up with any first cousins and I didn't grow up with any aunts and uncles and cousins because they were all killed here um, in the Lodge Ghetto and my grandmother uh, on my father's side. Um, it was a terrible ghetto. And it was, it was, even though we have images from the Warsaw ghetto, the people who survived the Lodge ghetto describe it in, uh, in, in, in terrifying terms. It's, it doesn't make the Lodge ghetto any worse than the Warsaw ghetto, but it was mostly from people in Lodge. The Lodge, Lodge was a city which had a lot greater Orthodox population than Warsaw. They both were terrible places. You don't want to, it's everybody's nightmare. But Lodge, right, there was another terrible ghetto, and that was the Lvov ghetto, the Lemberg ghetto. And right near the Lemberg ghetto, you have Belzec, but also Yanov, which was a, which was, which was just like Auschwitz and Birkenau were sort of like twin, <clears throat> twin towers of terror. So this is Poland or, or Galicia. Uh, Lvov is where Galicia is. You can see up here. Um, so the Yanov, uh, Yanov, the Yanover, uh concentration camp was basically it fed uh, the people, the deportees from Lvov and from around this <coughs> district. It was very much a death camp. It was a place just like Auschwitz that uh, people were weeded out and sent to die in Belzec. And some people, strong, were able to work. Uh, there was a, a munitions area. So this was this was the camp we're talking about. It was in this area here of Yanovska. Wiesenthal was in Yanovska as well. Simon Wiesenthal. This was a place that he was. That was kind of the place where he was. What's the difference between the green and what the amber, the beige, the background? I guess these are different countries, different areas here. Yeah, well, this is Lithuania. This again, remember, these are all different little units of you know. Kind of, eventually, uh, it was called it was Galicia, it was Poland. Now it's not. Now it's Ukraine. Anyway, so that is the uh, the area we're talking about. So let's go back to the story. And like I said, I, I built up the story. Let's see. Um, come on, come on, come on. Here we go. Um, I hope I still have it. Um, I hope I still have the story. Let me see. I'm out of my scent. Does that ever happen to you that your that your things disappear? That your that your letters that, that disappears? I don't know. Okay, here it is. Here's the story. 
and 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 like I say, I'm not. I'm using the story, but I think it's. it's the, I think it's mamish pshat. So here's the story. The story was recounted by the Blush of the Rebbe, and it was. Um, and it was written up by Yafa Eliach. And she has a very big schus, Yafa Eliach, for, for her book, Hasidic Tales of the Holocaust. So, uh, in the Anofska Road Camp, there was a, a, a capo on an exchange. His name was Schneeweiss. Um, he knew the, the, the eventual Blush of the Rebbe, um, and they had had some sort of negative history. But because everybody was shaved and everybody, nobody looked like a Rebbe there, or like a Tzaddik, he didn't realize that Although he was a capo, that the Bush of Rebbe had become an inmate in Yanovska. Um, there was Chassidim who knew him, and again, he was <coughs> a middle-aged man, and they knew he was a, a direct descendant, of course, of the Bnei Yisosker. He was a Shapira. He was like a... Uh, uh, and, and, of course, the Bnei Yisosker was considered one of the greatest of all time. Um, Yom Tavim was coming. This was probably in October of 1941 or 42. That's when this camp was set up as a death camp. You can look it up on Wikipedia, Yanov. Uh, it was very famous, uh, the Yanov. What happened? Why did I, what happened here? Why am I, why am I not showing here? Okay, can somebody come over here and help me? Here. Why is this not? How come it's not presenting anymore? All right, you'll hear the story. What? Here, I would stop. Stop. And then it started again. Stop sharing? Stop sharing. Share it again. Okay, and now? Uh, should I go to the... Uh, now i got to... Uh, go here. Go here again. And go to the calendar. Yeah. Okay, again, uh, and... and Okay, here comes the story. And okay, this is where the commercial should, we should put in a commercial on the on the on the on the, on the uh, probably in this tab where you want to meet. Join hangouts here. Yeah. Okay. Now what do I do here? Join. Okay, this is okay, I'm not happy with this. This is okay, now what? If somebody would just give me the, you know, the email, I'll just read the story. Something wrong. Just have to mute the mic. What? Mute the mic. It's on both. You said two things come. You stop that? Okay. All right. So I'm just gonna I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it outside. All right. Okay. Here we go. Here's the story. We don't need to see it. All right. So it was right before you. It was they knew that Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur was coming. The Yanavir, uh they had a, an incredible amount of freedom to work. I don't know why, 
but they actually dug up from the Lvov Cemetery, they were able to dig, dig up pieces of old Sifrei Torah. And this was the famous uh, Lvov, the Yanavar Sefer Torah, that it, it made tours because this was where the, the, the each one had like somehow snuck in different pages and they were able to stitch together eventually in the Yanav, they were able to stitch together a complete Sefer Torah. So this was a place that the people who were there, at least the front people that were there, lived with incredible Messiah Snafesh. Now, as Yom Kippur was approaching, um, they knew that the Germans who knew about the holidays said, okay, we're going to, this is going to make it even worse. Um, they knew that, that the year before, I guess in 41, this was in 42, they knew in the year before that on Simchastair and Purim, that's when they came in specifically in order to make the actions to get the people out and to send them to the death camp. So it was right before Yom Kippur. Um, they mention a certain name here of Mendel Freifeld came to the Blue Shaver Rebbe and said, look, you know this capo, you haven't shown him who you are up until now, but he's the only one that can maybe let us have some sort of Yom Kippur that can have some Kedusha to it. And what was his idea? You know, they're going to make us work, but maybe we're not going to do any Malochas Raisa. Maybe at least we're going to do Malochas Rabbonan, but at least we're going to be able to have some sort of kiyum of, of, of the shvisa of Malocha and Yom Kippur. Um, so the Rebbe said, even though he had he'd hidden who he was from uh, the kapo, the kapo's name was Schneeweiss, he said, I'm going to go to him and talk to him. Schneeweiss was known as a, uh, as, 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 as a koifer. There had been some talk that he had learned in Cheder when he was young, but he was very anti, uh, anti-religion. So the Rebbe said to him, he said, I know I don't look like I used to look, but I was the Rav Prushnik. Uh, my father was the, was a Rebbe, uh, and my name is Yisrael Shpira. Schneeweiss didn't say anything. Um, he said, I, I, you know, you're a, you're a Jew. Despite the way you've lived, you're a Jew. This is Mamish Kol Nidre, tonight. There's a group of Hevra here. They try to live with mitzvahs as much as they can. Is there some way you're going to put them to work? Is there some way that you can do something they shouldn't have to do the malachas? You know what the malachas are. He sort of nodded, Schneeweiss. And then he saw that there was something, his hand was shaking. So the Rebbe did something strange. He took his hand that was shaking and said, I, I, I give you my aftocha, that as long as you live, it's going to be, despite how you've lived, it's going to be a good life, with the schus of all the others of, of, and, and the tzaddikim that, that, that I've studied with, that I study from, I give you this bracha that you're going to, as long as you live, it'll be, it'll be a good life. Do something here. You can give people some sort of dignity. So Schneeweiss said, <coughs> first thing he said was, I can't do anything tonight. I don't. That's not my job about the night. But on Yom Kippur, I'll tell you, I'll see what I can do. So that night, even though it was Yom Kippur, they had to go work and dig and build stuff near the cemetery. Um, they came back at 1 o'clock in the morning. There was blood flowing from all their wounds. Um, and the Rebbe, uh, you know, they, had, there was, they, they lived, the, the beds, the bunks were five on top of each other. That's the way they were up, five. Um, and it was a little bit of straw. Um and they had a page from the Machser, and they, they and, and uh, everybody packed into that bunk, 
They were all bleeding from, from the beatings they had in the cemetery there. And by heart, they, they sang Kol Nidre. Um, the next morning, very early in the morning, uh, the guards came and said that the kapa wants to see them. Schneeweiss didn't live in a bunk like that. He lived and he had his own little cottage. That's the way these, 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 these turncoats lived. Um, he said, you know, you, I heard that you had a, you davened last night. I never believed in Tfilis for a long time. I, I think there, I think it's, it's, it's wrong to, to give people hope. All right, but you have you have guts. I give you that. That you're willing to do that, even though you knew that that if any guard would come in, you could have been killed. Because in Yanovska, anybody who was found <coughs> doing a religious thing is going to die. So I I I, I I'm going to I'm going to do something for you. He said, your job today is to clean the SS quarters. Now the young people here, uh, I, you're going to shine the floor. But the way I remember halacha, it seems to me that if you're not going to use wax, even though you're going to get some dust off, it's not going to be a malacha from the Torah. It's not going to be a violation from the Torah. You can polish it without wax. Now you, Rebbe, you, you, you're going to clean the windows. And I'm going to give you dry rags. And with dry rags, you don't really have water. You're not going to spritz anything out. So all you're going to do, and this is what the SS is going to see you doing. I don't know about the Rabbonans. But on the rices, you're not going to be over the rices. This is what you asked. So the whole morning, the Rebbe was on a ladder. The chassidim were down there. The ones would be coming. They were on the floor. And the Rebbe was balpeh, remembering the tefillahs of HaMelech and the tefillahs of Yom Kippur and the Viduyim. Okay. Right at Chatzais, the door opens and two SS men come in. But... They're followed by a, a food cart filled to capacity. It has um, bread and soup and meat. And, of course, you can imagine what it was. It was a good vegetable, chicken soup. It had potatoes and meat and huge portions. So the, the SS man comes in. Oh, this is your holiday. Everybody needs to stop working and come down and eating. And, of course, none of, none of them moved. Uh, the Rebbe was on the ladder, the Chassidim were on the floor. So the SS man says, I'm going to call in this kapo, Schneeweiss, come in. Schneeweiss, tell, why aren't they moving? We're giving them food. This is what they want. This is, this, they've never had anything like this. Schneeweiss said, you have to understand, Jews don't eat on Yom Kippur. Today is Yom Kippur. It's the, it's the holiest day of the year. It's Yom Kippur. This is a day they have that they that they do tshuva atonement. So the 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 the, the, S, the SS man screamed at him. The one of them said, don't, "He says, don't, you don't get it. This is a, a I I represent the Fuhrer. I represent the Third Reich. If you don't, if they don't eat, this is a direct command." Um, Schneeweiss then said. Jews live according to this law. This is Yom Kippur. They don't, are not going to eat. So the, the, the other SS man said, if they don't eat, I'm going to kill you right now. I'm going to, you're going to die right here. And Schneeweiss didn't say a thing. He said, this is the way it's going to be. So according to the Bush of the Rebbe, Schneeweiss did not 
shiver. He stood still, his head was high, and he was shot straight in the head. And a pool of blood, he said, the Rebbe said, the, 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 the floor was wet with our tears, but now it was the blood of Schneeweiss that was pulling over the floor. Um, and the Rebbe said that, he says, I never understood Chazal that I feel Poisha Yisrael Malay Mitzvah's Karimai. But now I see that he had a schus of something that perhaps I in my whole life would never, ever, ever do. <coughs> That's the story. V'yirash zarecha esharoivov. What's zarecha? Zarecha is the zero of Mesiras Nefesh. That's, that's zarecha. That's the Yisod of Mesiras Nefesh. Has there ever been a bigger sharoivov than Yaniska? Then Belzec, then Birkenau, then Auschwitz. Even when Rabbi Kiva died, it wasn't a torture chamber against Jews. It was a torture chamber because the, if you'd live like the Romans wanted, then they wouldn't have killed everybody. Rabbi Kiva went and was and, and, and taught Torah Barabbas. There are other Jews who came to visit him. Right, his students were right there. This wasn't a a, a, a death camp. It wasn't a, a place to kill people. It was there to kill who they said were political enemies. Rabbi Kiva had a history even, right? He had supported Bar Kokhba. So he already had a couple of strikes against him. Any, the Yavanim, right? The Misyavanim were okay. The people who decided to take on a Greek way of life, even though they had our DNA, they were Jews, right? It was only in the Holocaust where you have an idea. It's, it's Again, we don't know about the Amalekim, but this was an idea that was unique in history that everybody, doesn't make a difference who they are, Jews are going to be killed. This was Shar Oivov. There's never been a bigger Shar Oivov than what happened in, in the Holocaust. And the idea of, 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 of what Hitler's idea was, what the SS was about. Now, these places are now museums. <laughs> these places are places where you go, and they've, some of them have been wrecked, some of them are museums. Their gates are still there. But has it ever, the Yorish Zaracha in Schneeweiss, he had that Zera of, of Avram and Yitzchok, and he was Yorish Esharevov. That's the Yerusha. That place was elevated with that act of Kiddush Hashem in a way that perhaps has never been equaled in, in our history. Yochum ben Sroyeris and other people liked him. But that was the broch of the Akedah, that we have the koach of Mesiras Nefesh to even to go in Shara Yivov and to be Yorish, that place, to inherit it, to actually be there with our Zerah and turn it into something. Otherwise, all it is is a, something for, for, for kids to see and to pass by and shake their heads. But this story, which the Blushava Rebbe and his chassidim were Eidei Rayov, is that's the kayach of what the Akeda is able to bring to us. That, and, and even though Blushava Rebbe lived and Schneeweiss died, but that kayach to bring out that complete transformation of someone who never lived that way, an Yom Kippur, to be able to know that he's going to die, Again, the only way you can describe it is the broch of what Akeda gives over to us. Okay, I don't know if you agree, but I think that's an incredible pshat in the pasuk, right? So that's really the basic idea I want to share with you about the Akeda. I'll, I'll, I'll leave you just with one. Let's see if we have one last thing here um, from Rebel Yoshev, the centenarian. Um, Rebel Yoshev was asked. 
um, uh, from a family uh, what chuba they should do, um, you know, because they, they had done some averus in the past. And Rebbe Yoshev said that um, uh, he says, of course, that uh, it's one of the Yisodas of Tshuva. He quotes the Rambam and the Night of Yehuda. But he says that it doesn't come with punishing ourselves. If somebody can be Zoha to, 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 to slaughter his Yetzirah with Taira, that it would be the greatest thing. But he says that um, one of the things a person needs to do, of course, is to learn no matter what. Um, and he says, Kesha'odim zocha lagia l'tachlas ha-tshuva v'koaz donos l'chol madregoseyem. In other words, he's able to change his life. Um, and he's able to change his donos and his gogos. He says he can mishapach them with schuyos gemuros. If that's the way you look at tshuva, then there's no room for being depressed and upset. You have to have a simcha, and that's the simcha of Yom Kippur, the simcha's emes, a chedves Hashem. Um, now, Rabbi Oyashiv speaks about everyone being able to be makayim, this incredible madrega of Rosh Lokish's Gemara that you can actually be mahapech your averis to schuyos. He's, he's talking to a Jew in 1977, and he's telling him, you can do it. Koaz dainis, you can definitely make them uh, get them to be shaygigim, and he says you can be mishapach them with schuyas gemuras, and he says therefore you shouldn't be upset. So one thing Rabbi Yashiv is really saying is that there is a tremendous hope for us. People say you can't really do tshuva me'ava, and yet Rabbi Yashiv is talking to a regular simple uh, a couple, and he's telling them since tshuva can lead, and it's not that, it's, he seems to imply that it's not something for the biggest tzaddikim. The idea of doing tshuva me'ava, of rediscovering and rewriting your life is something everybody can do. And that's why he says that, that, that taking on kabbalists that, that, that hurt you is something you, you shouldn't actually do. And, and, and he says the main aspect to go into Yom Kippur and to go into tshuva is understanding the incredible simcha that tshuva has to bring. This is a very sad story that I told you. But I think what it shows you is this capacity, the capacity of, 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 of our life, even with the baggage that we carry in our past. And that has to be something that, has to, as Rabbi Yashem says, that has to give you a simcha of emes, an emestika simcha. People who are in Yom Kippur, true, you cry sometimes when you but hopefully what you show Klapi Chutz, and it's, uh, hopefully all of us will be open to that, is the simcha and the feeling that, that we have bonded with God in such an intense way that, that we have risen above our actions. Our actions don't define us anymore. And Yom Kippur, listen, we all, I'm sure many of us feel that way. Rabbi Yashem's letter is just another proof that, that all of us are shaykh to this madrega of tshuva meyava. And a tshuva that, despite the weakness in it should be it should be a day that we should be zocha with simcha the akeda like you say Yankee shneim yachta we leave the akeda with a sense of awe but a great sense of simcha so I wish you a lichtika simcha dikim kipper thanks for joining us for another episode from the yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.